I was lucky to have been born into a really sporty family. I injured myself in the athletics. So I thought, let me get into the gym to like keep fit. And within three months of having never picked up a weight, he entered me into my first competition. So yeah, I went in that competition. I won that. I think ever since then, it kind of lit a fire into me that I, I had to prove to myself and other people that Indian girls can be strong head in the hands, don't know what, if I'm ever going to lift again. I refuse to believe at like 21 that I was going to retire. I needed to hold on to something. You've got to have hope in life and you've got to think positively. That little light, I just don't start walking towards, I just take one step and then you start to build momentum. But because I didn't give up, I was able to see come the highest and the highest points of my life, you know, winning the Commonwealth Championships, first British seat female for Team GB. If, it, if I'd given up then, then I think I would have regretted it for the rest of my life. Yeah, I have had the comments of like, oh, don't get too hench, how are you going to get married? Welcome back to the Culture Cast podcast. My guest today is a powerlifter who is a 2019 Commonwealth champion and the first British Sikh female to represent Team GB at the World and European Champions. She's also a qualified accountant in her spare time. Welcome, Kamandrit Corbains. How are you doing? I'm great, thanks. How are you doing? Thanks so much for having me. No, thank you for, for coming on. As uh, as we just discussed with all of them accolades, you're obviously a busy woman as well, accountant, <laughs> powerlifting champion. You competed a few months ago and you're breaking records left, right and centre. But we'll rewind the clock a bit. We'll go to baby Calendry growing up. We'll go to <laughs> a, a little girl in a sporty family and, and just tell me what that was like of, of growing up and your cultural background and all of them type of things. Yeah, definitely. So um, I was lucky to have been born into a really sporty family. So my dad is actually my coach. He's a former bodybuilder and powerlifter himself. So if you've ever seen the film Dungle, it's probably pretty much our story. <laughs> so I always relate to that film. It's a good analogy. Maybe one day it'll be my film. I don't know. We'll go with Dungle for now. But anyway, my dad's my coach. And um, I've also got two old twin brothers. So I've always been really competitive. Um, as a little girl, they're 10 years older than me and they were like 400 meter hurdlers at national level when I was a young girl. I used to see them like flying around the track looking like superheroes. I was probably five years old at the time. And I was like, wow, this looks amazing. I really want to have a go. I used to grow up on the track, you know, surrounded by that sporty kind of environment. And my dad could see my enthusiasm and like, he's like, yeah, definitely you could do it as well. So I just started off, you know, with my athletics career. Um, I was a sprinter. I used to be the fastest girl at school. They used to call me Bullet Banes at school because <laughs> I was equally, I was equally the uh, nerdy type of girl. I guess you could say, you know, into her studies and that kind of thing. But I was also kind of into my sport, so I, I never fitted into a box really. I was just kind of here, there, and everywhere. But um, I used to run the hundred, two hundred, and the long jump, and I used to throw the hammer as well. So that was really, really cool. Um, I did that up until the age of 17, um, won Warwickshire titles in the 300 metres and hammer throwing. But yeah, I just started my journey in athletics. You know, my dad coached me then. I remember fond memories of like Saturday morning, I'd get up early morning um, for like Sprint Hill training in Abbey Field, like Sprint Hill training up there and everything. So yeah, that was my childhood, but I loved it. <laughs> do you think you got into sprinting because obviously your older brothers were into athletics so athletics was the easy easy route because you just want to be like them I guess yeah I guess yeah they really inspired me I think so they started off in football and then went into athletics to like improve their speed for like football um but yeah I think I kind of got into that field because I love I love the feeling of being fast I used to watch the Olympics when I was a little girl and I'd see like Kelly Holmes and I'd see her like smashing. I was like, they, these are the people I used to look up to like sports women. They're the kind of people that I wanted to be like. Um, so yeah, I think com combination of like my environment and growing up in that kind of thing, just how I started out. But yeah, sports has, sports has always been in my life. It's also like, obviously you mentioned the men in your family there, but you, your mum's quite sporty as well. We're just before we started, you just had a training session with your mum. You described her as quite naturally strong. She uh had I, I don't know if I've read this correctly but she she was athletically inclined but probably didn't have the opportunity when she was growing up so um she got into it back back into it in later life do you think that had an impact on you if you know she didn't have the opportunity so you want to make the most of yours yeah for sure I think um so just a bit of a back background to my mom's story so she was actually um born into a family of like wrestling champions her older brother was like a champion wrestler in Punjab and India and everything and 
she, I think she, she was always inclined towards sport as a young girl and education as well. But back then, you know, she couldn't even go to school past age 12 because the school was a little bit further away. And she's like from like a village and everything. And they, they thought it was for her best interest not to go there out of safety concerns or like back then, back in the days. And also even sport, but you know, back they would just say sport is not the done thing for girls. Like they wouldn't even dare, dare to dream to think about it. So I think my mom always thought like if she ever had a girl one day, she would never deny her from having any kind of like sporting ambitions or education. So I guess that kind of, in a way she lived her dream sort of through me in a sense when I was younger. But I think as she saw us growing up um, and me doing well in athletics and my brothers as well, I think, you know, that spark of like, that's in inclination towards sport it never really died she um later on she was like oh I want to have a go at this athletics I think I could do really well um and then my dad who he's a husband and like my coach uh, and her coach as well just like encouraged her to get involved um because she would see him like training because we have a home gym she would see him training in the home gym she'd try and pick up the dumbbells as well and my dad's like damn she's quite strong you know <laughs> so she'd do that and then even with the athletics um my mum, I describe her like a gladiator, like she used to throw the hammer, throwing javelin, shot put, like proper warrior woman. This was when I was like 13. And I remember at the Warwickshire Championship, she actually set a record of winning the most medals as a master's athlete of um, five golds and four silver medals in like track and field. So yeah, my mum's a badass. <laughs> really, really awesome. And um, yeah, I'm trying to get into powerlifting, actually. So who knows? I think she could become world champion before me, to be honest. So yeah, just currently been coaching her <laughs> in bench press. So we'll see. But yeah, she really inspires me. And I think because of her story um, and how she was kind of held back, they always made sure that I never felt like that. They pushed me and my brothers the same, probably me more because they could see how passionate I was about it. So yeah, um, um, I think your experiences shape you, definitely. 100%, 100%. And, and it can either go like two ways, isn't it? It's either continuing the cycle, which can also happen often where parents go through something when they're growing up and they impose that on their kids and the cycle just continues. Or you break the cycle as, as your mum did and said, look, this happened to me. I didn't really like it. So my daughter probably won't like it either. And I'd obviously encourage it even more, which is which is obviously really great. Um, and, and something else that you mentioned before about your brothers were into a different sport, but use athletics to sort of supplement football. And mm. your entry to powerlifting is sort of similar because you were into sprinting, as we just mentioned, but you wanted to get into weightlifting to supplement sprinting, yeah. correct? Yeah, yeah, you are correct. So it's weird, actually, because my brothers, so they did the sprint, they did athletics to try and get faster for the football and then just became like... 400 meter hurdlers so almost the same thing I never thought of it like that so yeah really really good way that you thought about it that you made me think there for a second but yeah that did happen to me I guess probably history repeating itself a little bit <laughs> but for me yeah so I actually went into the gym because I injured myself in the athletics um I couldn't like run properly for a bit there was basically I couldn't bring my left leg stride all the way back that I had like a little problem so I thought let me get into the gym to like keep fit um because I didn't want to kind of just sit down and do nothing so I thought let me just do you know the keep fit as most girls always say get in the gym and do something bear in mind I've never lifted a weight before I probably the most I did as a little girl was like help my parents carry the groceries in from like the shopping and stuff like that and my dad would give me a milk cart and I was five years old to just carry into the house and but I think he always thought I was strong but I don't think if you ever asked him which of his kids was going to be the powerlifter he probably wouldn't have said his daughter but I think he changed his mind about that but yeah so I remember I entered in that we had there was a gym actually at my athletics track and um I went there and just you know it's quite fascinating I'm quite like curious person so I'm always like if I can lift this I wonder what I can do next and just constantly trying to break my own concept of how strong I am so I picked up um the squat bench and deadlift quite naturally I think my dad could tell my form was pretty decent just um just naturally I seem to have good mobility I think because I'd had so many years of sprinting I had a lot of leg power explosiveness all that kind of thing um so it stood me in good stead and within like three months he taught me everything and within three months of having never picked up a weight he entered me into my first competition um 
And I, bearing in mind, I only did it in like my PE kit. I was in sixth form at the time, still doing my A-levels. I was telling my friends I'm like a powerlifter now and they thought I was crazy. <laughs> so I remember I, I went in there and um, interesting story. So when I actually walked into the arena with both of my brothers, like the referees were like up and in people and um, they straight away had the assumption, you know, cause my brothers are quite, you know, built, built guys, both twin brothers and they're like, Oh, are you two looking to compete today? I'm like, no, no, it's my sister, it's little me in the middle. <laughs> so um, I think ever since then, it kind of lit a fire into me that I, I had to prove to myself and other people kind of look that Indian girls can be strong. Because I think even through athletics, I always felt like just by my appearance, like having like plaits and stuff like that in my hair, being a typical skinny Indian girl, they just assumed I wasn't very good at sport, just straight away assumed. So I kind of like always tried to break that kind of glass ceiling for other girls that might feel like that going at school now even. Um, so yeah, I went in that competition. I didn't have any special kit. I had like just trainers and a t-shirt and shorts and everything. Didn't even have a proper belt. And I remember I won, I won that. And I was actually, you know, I love the feeling of just going up for that heavy deadlift and the crowd is roaring and just kind of surpassing my own expectations. And you might have seen some of my uh, pictures I get quite psyched up when I do my deadlift things like roaring <laughs> yeah yeah I've, I've seen the pictures I was gonna ask for, for that first competition I, I remember you uh I think you mentioned it on a previous either show or, or on an article you, yeah. you were quite nervous because of the under preparation because you didn't have any uh, equipment and things um was that nervous because you had a, a target in your head or was it because you seen other people who maybe were a bit more ahead of you like what 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 was the nerves for and obviously your dad's put you in the competition and it's it's very rapidly went from a, a hobby to something to compete in so you have to have a bit of faith in your ability to even make that yeah. transition yeah 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 I think my dad entered me into it and then told me afterwards like probably the weekend before he's like are you competing next week I was like oh am I <laughs> okay cool <laughs> so I think um he probably just had it in his head just have a bit of a bit of a go but I, I'm naturally competitive so I was never going to shy away from the challenge but I think the nerves are probably because it's quite a daunting experience you've got to imagine that I'm probably like what am I five foot four 63 kilos no I was like 61 kilos at the time quite skinny um compared to what I am now and then kind of going in and you see these men walking around like testosterone filled environment big like grunting guys everywhere I'm just like Back, back when I used to do it, probably 2013, 2014, um, not a lot of females did it. So it was a bit of a toughening up experience and probably a bit of a shock of like, even in the warm up room, everyone's quite friendly, but there are a lot of like friendly giants over there and it can be like, oh, whoa, what's going on? So um, yeah, I think it was nerve wracking, but I think you always get nervous about things you care about. So I still get the same nerves when I have like, competitions my big competitions now and I've had a lot of experience I think when you care about something nerves are always good because it helps you to kind of perform for me anyway <laughs> 100% I, I completely agree with that sentiment of if, if you care then you're obviously going to be nervous and I think yeah like you said you'll probably get more experience when it's like the first time going into any gym is most people obviously think it's daunting because of the testosterone filled environment but when you get in there you realize that they're some of the nicest people because they've been through the journey and, and we yeah. had um, Inderajon, who obviously competed with you at the Commonwealth Games. And oh, yeah, of course. He's a big, friendly giant. <laughs> you know, he's a very big, big, friendly giant. <laughs> but on, again, he's one of the nicest guys. And I think that is the majority of people when you get into the gym. They're, they're obviously big and tough on the exterior, but most of them will, will go out of their way to help you if you ever need anything. Yeah, yeah, 100%. I think often it's just a misconception I think people even when they see me looking quite angry before I'm about to deadlift they assume that I'm not very approachable but I'm quite a friendly person I think especially for a girl when you're going to the weight section I definitely can relate to it being quite a daunting experience because I've had my my dad kind of like did in a clever way a bit of a toughening up experience to me to like never be phased or having a really tough shell because you're always going to get people saying things to you or trying to put you down or even like other men just trying to like sometimes getting a bit intimidated by me in the weight section or kind of thing is competition I'm just there for myself so I remember he took me actually to um his old gym where he used to train when he was like a, a peak shape you know bodybuilder powerlifter and everything like that um so um 
he took me there and I remember actually um so back when he used to train it was a friendly environment no women really used to train there but it was still quite nice but now completely things have changed they were like not to be stereotypical but like a, just a completely different kind of scene was that you know the testosterone feel kind of burly men people were swearing or like I don't I don't want to stereotype anyone. you know like kind of builders when they talk and they're quite rude and they're kind of like it was that kind of like environment sort of thing that I walked into and almost they came in and they had I came in I was 18 at the time and they almost had a shock of their life that a woman had walked through the door <laughs> let alone like a quite small it's like what's going on they almost thought oh we can't kind of act like we usually do um and I remember warming up in the corner and one of the old guys there who was like probably the trustee or the owner of the place um he walked up to my dad and I was just could feel him just kind of there but I was just ignoring him a little bit and, uh, he talked to my dad and he was like, um, I'm not sure we're going to have dumbbells uh, small enough for your daughter. Are you sure you're in the right place sort of thing? And my dad is there like, because I was a British champion at the time, but they didn't know that obviously. So uh, my dad is there like, um, yeah, I'm not sure you're going to have dumbbells big enough for her, mate, if I'm honest. And um, I remember it was my heavy deadlift session. I just quietly put my head down, did the work. People were really shocked. I wish I recorded people's reactions because it was just, it was just like brilliant. I think ever since then, it kind of, I like to like change people's perceptions, not just for myself, but for any girl who might feel that kind of environment. Cause I'm lucky I got my dad with me. So I felt quite safe and comfortable, but often that's why I'm always encouraging people to like bring, go with their friends or go with their brothers or take your sisters along with you to the gym. Like you do need support initially, even just to like, um, you know, just learning the movements and everything. So um yeah I had my dad but yeah I always, I always that's always fond memories of that because I'm sure loads of girls have had that experience and I went through it too 100 uh, percent I've spoke to obviously a lot of like lifters on, on the podcast so far and, and that's some, like a common theme is most people do go with someone that is is like already experienced in the gym or either even trying it out together for the first time and myself was very similar as like I, I was a the little chubby Asian kid uh, going to the gym trying to lose a, a bit of weight and, and it was lucky for me that one of my mates has already been in there for a couple of years is, and was able to show me the ropes and it, it alleviates that sort of pressure or the fear or anything and it's you're more just having fun rather than thinking about anything else. F from the from the like I can imagine the way that lads talk when <laughs> women aren't present is very yeah. different from when women are present and I think that's what you alluded to before obviously like as a as a guy I probably can't relate to some of the experiences that women will have going to the gym it, it, uh, to be fair since since the podcast and actually speaking to some of the more um female lifters like yourself like uh Akum, who's who's a bikini competitor oh, yeah. like people like that it's you do become more aware of it when you go to the gym if that makes sense <laughs> like I've started yeah. noticing it is that guys will just sort of sit in the corner and just look at the few girls that are in there and it is very creepy yeah. <laughs> and I can understand why it would be a bit more fearful but what yeah what sort of experiences did you have not just the ones that I got obviously that experience then but what are the sort of generic comments or feelings that normally happen to to women when they're in the gym obviously you can only speak anecdotally but maybe you've spoken to other yeah. people as well yeah, I think because like, um, as you mentioned, I'm also an accountant. I work for one of the big four firms previously. So now I do like different things. I do like motivational speaking and that kind of thing. But in that former life when I was like an auditor and everything and I was doing that whole ACA and stuff. So I worked for um, one of the big four and they actually had a gym in the basement. So I didn't know this. I used to work for them in Canary Wharf. Um, and they had a gym in the basement pretty much. So I was like, okay, this is really handy in the London office. I'll do my work in the day so they see me walking around the office in like my dress and heels or whatever just looking like a normal kind of person and then in the evening I've just gone downstairs like completely changed into like a different kind of animal I guess and I'm just there like um picking up like 160 kilo deadlift for reps in the corner <laughs> people like don't know what's going on I don't know I think I always have interesting experiences when I train at commercial gyms especially um because you know they probably haven't seen stuff like that it's not quite the norm so I guess from their kind of perceptions of me, I was quite a petite, you know, toned female or whatever. Just, I'm only like, I'm not very big. Like they probably thought I was going to be like some hench person like this, trying to like lift all these weights. But I was just doing the stuff in the, the corner. But I always noticed I have experiences when I'm squatting and a guy's trying, I'm unracking like 130 kilos on my back. 
and the guy's just coming around and trying to grab a two and a half right when I've got this weight on my back. I'm like, this is so dangerous. Can you not what respect the, the fact that <laughs> this is so, they're not respecting the fact that I'm lifting or like getting really impatient because as a, as a powerlifter, I have like a billion sets in the squat rack or something like but yeah I've had all sorts of experiences like that um even when I'm like lifting you see some guys trying to position themselves just kind of standing behind you like kind of not respecting your space like randomly doing some cows and I'm just like I know what you're doing I can see it in the mirror it's just a bit they're trying to position themselves in case anything goes wrong to help or are they doing it in a, in a different <laughs> way I don't know. Um, I'd like to give them the benefit of the doubt because <laughs> I'm, I'm just so used to blanking it now because yeah. I just kind of don't entertain or kind of when I'm training, I'm in training mode and I don't want to kind of talk too much, but I'm really sociable once I've done my kind of the workout. But I don't know. I guess some men kind of, I'm not hating on men. I'm like ally of guys. A lot of my friends are guys and stuff like that. I'm not kind of saying, you know, strength people that are into strength and everything. But some of them just need to sort themselves out a little bit. Like the gym is the place to train. It's not there to like peer at girls and stuff like that. But I guess maybe they can equally complain that some girls are like, I don't know, maybe that's something as well. <laughs> I think it isn't just from obviously guys. Like obviously, yes, we do have a play, part to play in, in this conversation. But sometimes yeah. like you, you do hear other women as well um, saying you shouldn't lift heavy because of, you know, it'll change your body structure, obviously. The auntie and the bb will sort of say these kind of things as well um but yeah yeah from yours, do, do you have conversations with uh, other women or, or have you ever had that said to you when you were early days of lifting of like oh don't lift heavy because it might you might look manly and obviously as you can see you, you don't really look like a man to me um, <laughs> so and that was me trying to be complimentary uh, but very unsuccessfully <laughs> anytime anytime I'll do an awkward compliment any day of the week um, but yeah so like the way that I've explained uh, I had the conversation previously um, on and off the podcast is more that muscle mass yeah. will be will be distributed differently between men and women and obviously if you grow you grow in the places that will actually accentuate womanly features like mm. you know uh, legs and you'll probably, if you do back, you'll probably end up getting more of an hourglass figure and things like that, which yeah. sometimes is uh, is a bit difficult for um, more traditional people to think of. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 I, um, I have, I've had also, I get, you know, I think if you're trying to be someone that's doing something or kind of trying to be successful, even help and try and be a role model, you're going to get hate. It's just part of the part, part and parcel of like, I get all sorts of kind of random stuff in my DMs sometimes, but I just kind of ignore it. But yeah, I have had the comments of like, oh, don't get too hench, how are you going to get married? I don't really get why the the pinnacle of like a female's, what, a female's life is when she's getting married. And it seems like all the dreams just disappear off the cliff after that. But anyway, um, yeah, I've had sort of things. My mum used to joke with me because, you know, um, when I started lifting, obviously you have to toughen up your hands because I don't use gloves, I just use chalk and everything. So, um, like, my hands, like, when I first started, I remember I used to cut them up all the time, like, all, they were too soft. So whenever I gripped the bars, cut them up, I was, like, taping my hands. They looked like I'd been through a war at the end of my training sessions. But, yeah, I used to do all sorts of things to toughen my hands up using, like, surgical spirits, like, toughen up the calluses. Now my hands are really tough, but I always laugh sometimes when I give people a firm handshake. They're almost a bit, like... <laughs> <laughs> like what was that but um my mum used to always joke like kind of saying like my hands are like you know like a builder's hands are really rough and she's like oh kind of like I've had people comment like how are you gonna get married <laughs> like I don't know why my hands need to be soft for that <laughs> like you know it's really rough <laughs> I was like I don't know it's fine they don't have to hold my hand if they don't want to <laughs> but um yeah it doesn't bother me I just laugh, laugh it off but I guess sometimes because I'm quite confident and comfortable in my own skin but I guess some girls probably it it's not very nice for them to kind of hear these kind of things like some people just like calling me butch and too hench and stuff but I'm just like thanks I take it as a compliment but some people be like get really body conscious and stuff so yeah I think people need to just watch it sometimes because you don't know how people feel about their kind of self-confidence and I'm sure you've kind of discussed with other girls and stuff how kind of you know it plays a big part um 
but yeah, I kind of just like to be known for my strength. But yeah, I think it's always the Rishda comment that I seem to get. I think when you're like 25 or something, suddenly it's just everyone wants to talk about Rishda. I can relate to that one. And uh, it's, it's not fun. Um, but yeah, I think especially when it comes to body confidence, I think that is a, is a, is a really important issue. And it's, it's great that when you do get into the gym, you get that self-confidence because you know that you're working towards a goal whatever that goal may be so i think most of the time a lot of the perhaps anxiety sort of creeps in when when you're not being proactive and i think when you actually set out a goal and, and you are working towards it a lot of that anxiety goes away because you know that you know like i am actually doing something towards it i think procrastination is obviously the killer in that situation and then social media doesn't help yeah. either as, but with girls even guys to be honest nowadays because you're gonna Anytime you go on social media, you won't, you, you're not going to see anybody having a shit day. It's always going to be like, oh, this is the highlight of my life. I've just bought a new Bugatti today or whatever. Or I'm on a, the Tinder swindler, that, that thing that came out the, the other week. Everyone's oh, talking yeah, about people it. have been talking about it. And I haven't seen it, but it just sounds insane. I don't know how guys fleece that many women. Like, I don't know either, but it's from showing the highs of the highs. He's never going to show he's got a bad day. He only shows after yeah. he's sitting the money. <laughs> yeah I know I know I think I'm trying to like I guess you know it's even I've been party to that when I've been through tough things where I had an injury for two years once I hurt my um piriformis muscle so I was on like a really all-time high when I was 19 um I re I represented England for the first time at the Commonwealth Games in 2015 I came fifth there against girls that were like four years older than me I broke two British records and like you know, the England team were like, wow, this girl's going to be, you know, something good, something to watch out for in the future. And then I always think when you get to some sort of high, something bad's bound to happen. I don't know. So um, I had three things that kind of happened to me that were pretty bad in a short space of time afterwards. So one thing was like, I sadly lost one of my um, close best friends from school. Um, so she passed away. Um, so that was like, a week before I was competing ready for the British Universities Championship. So I competed in her name at the time. So like I won and dedicated the trophy to her and her family. So that was like best I could do in that situation. So that happened. And then um, I got injured not long after that. So I hurt myself just trying to deadlift with, when I was younger, um, I'm always all about good form now, but when I was younger, I was a little bit ego driven. I just want to lift the big weights, even if my form was looking like a, a cat with a back, <laughs> just like, you know, just like arch back and like, I'm like, guilty and charged of that so I'm always kind of trying to help people get good form and lift with good form so that happened to me and I pretty much couldn't lift I couldn't even lift the empty bar without crying it was how, how bad I'd got so I'd gone from like two and a half times body weight comfortably to like the bar and I was like everything that I'd kind of like all my stress and tension I channeled into um gym I'm sure it's a great stress reliever for yourself as well but yeah I channeled into the gym and I that was taken away from me and then at the same time, you know, I was having a beautiful time with the ACA exams and I was like not passing two of my exams and I had a scholarship. So they're threatening to like fire me if I didn't pass my exams. So um, I had three things that was like very depressing kind of happened to me. And I guess um, I'm trying to be quite open and honest about this kind of journey because it's not always smooth sailing. I've been through a lot of shit to, to get to where I am. I've had to like, you know, you know, trying to get back rehabilitation, re-injuring myself, kind of doubting myself, having times when I'm like head in the hands, don't know what if I'm ever going to lift again, you know, I was just, I guess I'm stubborn, I refuse to believe at like 21 or whatever I was at the time that I was going to retire, and I think if it wasn't for my dad and a mom kind of like motivating and supporting me, I wouldn't have been, um, you know, it would have been really hard, but I think it's important to be open and transparent, I try and talk about this journey best I can, because you, as you said, you're always seeing people's highs. You're always seeing them like massive personal bests on the deadlift, like they're flying high. And you don't know what's going on. You don't know about the bad days. You don't know about the days when you just, everything feels rubbish and you're full of fatigue. And you know, the, the best athletes get these as well. And it's just, it's good to be open and transparent. Cause I think in today's society, you just see everyone just, as you said, having a Bugatti or something. <laughs> no, 100%. Yeah. And, and that's, that was a question that I was going to ask because I didn't know too much about your injury. I've, I've seen it on a few articles and, and heard it before previously, yeah. but I didn't know too much of the, the, the time span or where it fit in the journey. 
Um, so at that point, you were already winning competitions. You're already at like a national level. And then that puts you out for, you say, almost two years. Two years. Yeah, two years that I was like not able to be competitive in powerlifting. Wow. So that's a very long time and obviously very dark time as well, given I was dealing with like grief. I was dealing with injury. I was dealing with huge pressure that the whole carpet under my feet was going to get like, if I was like, taken off this scholarship and everything don't worry I passed and it's all fine now but like um if I'd been taken off this thing then it pretty much would have left me half an ACA half a degree I would have been neither Marcy about those sort of things so yeah it was really like not good but I'm quite open about like championing mental health and kind of being the best you can be um and being quite open about these conversations because with my friend um circumstance that led to her you know um it was around mental health and stuff um, so it was kind of like um, she died by you know you can kind of get what I'm kind of suggesting yeah, there. so yeah. it was like mental health and sort of thing so um, yeah I'm a huge advocate for that kind of thing and I think it's really important to be open and honest um, because life is tough and we all go through a roller coaster and no one's having a great time all the time and I think it just needs to be if you've got people speaking out about it then it's great because you see too many people just celebrities and stuff just like flying high and I'm sure it just presses everyone else that's feeling having a rubbish day that's it I think I can't remember who said the quote I think it might have been Jamie Foxx or someone like that I, I remember you know them round tables they do at uh, Hollywood round tables it's a thing on YouTube I'm not sure if you're familiar with it but they get like a bunch of actors or producers and they were having this discussion um, and I think it was Jamie Foxx who was was basically saying like if everybody in the world took their problems into one pile I'm pretty yeah. sure 99% of people would take their problems back after seeing everybody else's, do you know what I mean? Because everybody yeah. else does have problems as well, but it's all relative. Like for you, it's it's obviously going to be... And the other thing is the worst experience that you have in your life is the worst experience you have in your life. For yeah. you, that is the worst experience. For somebody else, it yeah. could be nothing because their, their tolerance is different, but it's all it's all relative. Um, yeah. And I think it is, it is hard. Obviously, during that time, your, as you alluded to, the, the stress relief typically would be the gym, go in there, lift some weights, obviously you get endorphins released, stress. What what did you turn to as a vice in, in that time? Oh, I don't know. I don't think I had the best coping mechanisms, to be honest, like looking back, like I just kind of like, I, so what I used to do kind of, because I was just mentally feeling at a point where I don't know if I was close to rock bottom or just getting depressed myself kind of thing that just, <laughs> I was only like 19 it was just very overwhelming for me that everything all of this had happened and I think as you said it's relative my problems with you know and I know you can, can never compare but compared to someone who's having like life-threatening like illness it wasn't kind of like I was I was fine but I think for me it was just felt like my world had come crashing down because I was almost like what now like if I'm not a powerlifter like where do I stand like sport has always been part of my life and I couldn't even do that so I think it was just really tough time I used to turn to my friends I'm just trying to talk to them about my problems probably not as much as I should have like I'm more open and about everything now but um back then I was a bit more of a close book because I think sometimes growing up as an athlete and especially in the South Asian community you don't talk about these kind of things so even like you probably know that especially from like a male perspective as well you especially don't talk about these kind of things which is not good it's really bad because I'm almost like oh I don't want my parents to worry if I'm like you know having a bad day or because I was living living out in London as well I didn't have family near me because I'm like based in the Midlands so yeah I had to kind of deal with a lot of things and just um I also kind of listened to like Bart um and I do stretching that came behind became my new kind of rehab because it was just calming my mind because I know some people meditate but I, I was listening to that and I guess it kind of made me more religious in that sense it kind of made me you know more channeled and more spiritual um as well and the stretching was obviously helping me kind of thing but I still turned up to the gym and I was trying to I was trying to do something like foam rolling stretching just to kind of satisfy my brain that I'd gone to the gym like I just yeah. do things like that but uh yeah it was a really really tough experience and I think there were points where you know I sat down with my dad and I was like I don't know what's gonna happen what's like uh, is it is it over and I think it wasn't for my dad saying like stuff I remember there's one time I was like head in hand like six o'clock was my gym time I was just miserable and I couldn't train and my dad was like yeah put his hand on my shoulder and I'll always remember this it was like Karen you're like the phoenix you'll rise from the ashes bigger and better than ever and I was like I kind of held on to that hope I needed to hold on to something 
So I guess it's always, you got to have hope in life and you got to think positively. And I was pretty negative and like just gloomy. And then I just thought everything was like, but I think ever since then I was like that little light, I just started to start walking towards, I just takes one step and then you start to build momentum. But, but I didn't, I, cause I didn't give up. I was able to see come the highest some of the highest points of my life, you know, winning the Commonwealth Championships, you know, first British seat female for Team GB. If, it, if I'd given up then, then I think I would have regretted it for the rest of my life. So I'm always quite open about these things. And it was especially emotional for me when I was like, I remember getting my medals at the Commonwealth and um, I was kind of reflecting and I almost kind of saw a vision of myself when I was kind of down, kind of like, you know, even like a little, little girl kind of, and, you know, I always say to myself now, you know, if I could say something to her, I'd be like, you're stronger than you think you are, you know? Because I always say, oh, you know, I'm not strong. You know, I kept thinking I'm mentally not dealing with this well, but really it was a lot for a 19 year old. But um, yeah, I come back on the other side and I'm just like, I'm always like trying to talk to young people and trying to see if they're all okay. And like, I go to schools and give talks and everything. So any way that I can help be a role model and just be honest with them that it's never going to be plain sailing. I often get comments like, did you always win? I was like, no, of course not. I didn't always win. Plenty of times I came second, plenty of times I lost. There's been times when I've like bombed out of a competition where, you know, I couldn't register even a squat because I was just having a really bad day. And then like, I'm like, when I used to sprint, there was one time that at like a, a national championships, I fell over at the start line. Like I've been through all sorts of like, really, like disasters. So I'm quite honest with it because I feel like, you know, when they say like the champions are the ones that don't give up, they fail their way to the top. So they almost like failed, try something new, failed, try something new. I think that's probably worked well for me in, in a way. Well, that's it. I, I heard the exact same thing um, basically from uh, Anthony Joshua. And it's, he goes at every point in his career, the way that he thinks is what have I, if I stopped just before then? Cause you always, I think he said that you always basically had a setback before his, his next victory or his next half. Yeah. So he said, what about if I stopped before even going to the Olympics? Or what about if I stopped when I got beat for the first time world heavyweight champion or whatever? And it's, it's similar yeah. to what you're saying is like, if you had stopped then you wouldn't have accomplished everything you have now. So the next time you have a setback, you can think, mm. well, I need to overcome this. Cause the last time, all the highs but after that setbacks do you know what I mean so it's a yeah. good way of thinking of it and the other thing I think you mentioned before was like with the with the mental health thing and talking to friends which is is really good that you were able to to do so because yeah. a, a lot of people who are struggling don't even have the confidence to sort of open up as you say like nobody wants to feel like they're burdening somebody else yeah uh, and, I used and, to feel that yeah. yeah I think it's very common with a lot of people um and, and if you can speak out, I think what happens, you learn from your past experiences. Like you said, now you have a completely different experience coming out the other end and like can look back and think, oh, I probably should have done this, this and this. So if you see them signs coming again, that you can improve on it. And I think that's what the gym is, essentially, is is going from cat form deadlifts and, and you have an ego to strict form. It's sort of like, do you know what I mean? It's just constant improvements. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I always say that gym has been my saving grace probably yeah. I was in the gym my therapy and I think a lot of people kind of relate to that like 100%. I don't need to talk to someone I just need to like max out on a deadlift and scream at the bar for a bit and I'll be fine or something like I don't know if you had a really tough day and your boss was horrible to you you can just imagine them like when you're lifting and it gives you like motivation or something like that but yeah I'm quite an aggressive kind of person when I lift aggressive but focused like I'm not like Tasmanian devil or whatever channel aggression <laughs> you know? yeah yeah channel aggression that's it uh pictures might say otherwise <laughs> but yeah channel aggression is <laughs> is what I would say um but yeah I think gym is my kind of therapy but I think speaking out as you said is really important I'm always trying to encourage that because when I was younger I used to think you know I'm an athlete athletes don't cry steal mentality we can deal with anything like all this kind of thing but um I think especially the men in like our community as well kind of you know probably find it really difficult to show emotion in front of like you know family and everything because the, we've been brought up to kind of I'm stereotyping probably but we've been brought up to kind of you know be the tough kind of like you know we can get on with anything no matter what and I think I was kind of guilty of that myself thinking I don't want anyone to kind of you know as the word you said burden like burden anyone with my problems because everyone's got their own stuff to deal with and I'm not going to add to their pile but sometimes problem shares problem halves and like you'll feel a lot better. Once I opened up and told someone about kind of how I was feeling, 
it just felt like a weight had been lifted off my shoulders because I think sometimes people are guilty of just like closing everything in then it keeps like building and they got so much pressure on there there and I think when times like that I don't know it probably led to circumstances like what happened to my friend and I wouldn't wish that on anyone really so if it's kind of like you know you could talk out and speak out and stuff about your how you're feeling um then then you're really helping 100% because I think what happens is when you don't talk about it is you also overthink it and it becomes a a mountain when in reality it's probably a hill and then you yeah. need somebody else to point out that oh, actually you, you can probably do this or is a hill or alternative solutions and then it sort of um, get, gets rid of that or almost burst that bubble in your head but in, in a positive way um obviously we're just talking about the the channel digression uh, and we're talking about you said you were doing bark and things uh, as part of your recovery through your meditation and stretching um yeah. talk me through your pre pre-lifting ritual because i think i think i read somewhere that obviously you will the religious side of things obviously comes into it as well and see key plays a role in that mm. yeah so for me um okay i think best example i kind of think was like when i was going out for the world championships i remember i was coming out for my first squat they're like karen g corbain's like 140 kilos bar loaded and then obviously when you're peeking out you see a big crowd and they're all like it's very daunting it was my first kind of like world championships I was in Sweden Helsingborg I could see my family my family they always go with me we all travel as like a unit so I remember my brother was there my bubby and like my other brother and my mom and dad and I could see my dad there because my dad's my coach um and kind of I had to be in the hands of the national coaches at the time so I could see him and I was almost looking for him like a bit of a eye-to-eye communication kind of like yeah that's gonna be okay like that's gonna be fine bit of a nod of like approval like yeah I've got yeah. this so kind of just a bit of encouragement through like I don't know body language but I think for me I like to talk to myself in a way that sometimes um I silence the noise so when you see all this distraction I just just block it out really I try not to focus on it because I'm just going to get really overwhelmed and I kind of just think I have a conversation with God in my head to be honest and this is kind of how I channel it because um, I'm almost like I believe in like kind of whatever is happening in your life is already written sort of thing or however mm-hmm. things are going to play out whatever you're destined for um, and I also believe in like you know um, what I say I basically have a conversation high level and I'm kind of like please just let me do justice to all the hard work that I've done. Like, please just be with me during this time. Um, Cause I always like to think like God has my back in a sense that, you know, I don't feel so overwhelmed. I don't feel so alone and alienated when there's like judges there just to scrutinize me and everything. I just feel like kind of someone's got my back sort of thing. So I kind of, I kind of say a prayer. Just, I'm just like, basically whatever's supposed to happen at this moment, I, re- I respect it. Just let me just do justice to my hard work sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm just talking to myself as I'm approaching the bar. So I grip the bar and you can see I'm quite, I'm just muttering the sort of things to myself. Um, just really focusing and kind of, you know, um, obviously when you unwrap the weight, I remember I had 140 kilos for that. And I was like, just trying to like ignore the fact that it feels so heavy, <laughs> you know, I mean, just ignore the fact, like just channel, just be really focused because when you're nervous and you're unracking such a big weight almost feels twice as heavy because you're kind of like a bit like Bambi in headlights so you just say I'm just like yep completely fine this is fine (laughs) (laughs) just doing my like three steps out so I always take one step two and then I adjust my like right foot so I always have the same ritual my hands will be the same you wait for the judge to say the start command and with like um with powerlifting you have like certain rules where you have to squat below parallel so it's like not ass to grass but kind of close like yeah. like <laughs> like a full squat otherwise I'll fail you so I was like make sure I hit that make sure and it was just a blur when I look back like I, for that 140 I was like almost um when I look back on the footage I was like you know kind of like I'm I'm even failing this and I can't get up but I will not miss on depth so I'm just gonna make sure I can like I was almost roaring as I stood this up but yeah I think kind of just the feeling that God has my back. I like to say that kind of thing. It works for me, I guess. Maybe sometimes I don't know how other people see it, but that's how I kind of see it. You know, I like to represent as like a seat girl, you know, I wear a gara and everything. I like to be, you know, keep my hair long in my own kind of way. I mean, I guess I'm not kind of, you know, I'm a Dari Sikh, you know, with there, all that kind of thing, but I am a good person. I should do my best to kind of do save and have a good heart and help people. So I kind of see myself as, I want to be a role model. I need to act in a good, and according manner and just like for doing these kind of things and representing so that's when I like came out with you know, like 
first British Sikh and trying to like encourage more girls because I don't want to just encourage Sikh girls I want to encourage all young people from diverse and minority backgrounds to get involved in strength sports because I think often you might have like I've had people emailing me parents evening and they they said we came across you and I was just having a conversation with my child that they need to focus on their education they need to focus on their sport but I came across you and now I'm maybe gonna let them let them do I'm like yes this is what this is what I want and like it's just really heartwarming and um, even today um I had like someone tag me in a post like little young girls they were, their parents have been they're from Canada a family from Canada and they've been showing their daughters my deadlifting and they've been picking up like little plastic weights and everything because they want to be like Karenji and I'm like this is the best compliment ever like if I've even inspired one little person out there that I've done my job but yeah I think that's the kind of thing that I that really gives me life so I'm really passionate about kind of helping the next generation because I'm like I want someone who's not even as good as I was like better than me I want them to win the damn Olympics and be like yes she inspired me to do it or even if not just like that would be amazing because I think to have more people like us representing at the top level in sport I think is just it's just what we need and I'm just hopeful for the future generation you know. 100% like uh, I've said it so many times with a variety of guests on this podcast is, is literally you, you need to see somebody like you achieve something for it to be a bit more realistic and and obviously yeah. there will always be the first person who does it and they 100% uh, deserve more kudos for doing that but for the majority mm. of people they might have the restrictions of their parents and actually you know you need to be more academically inclined than sporting mm. and if you have somebody like yourself which is a perfect role model of look she's a qualified accountant so the education and the academics is covered off and then you obviously got competing at the highest level in a sport and if if you're able to do that it's it's amazing that we've got a couple of boxes now who are going through the ranks and it opens the doors for more yeah seek boxes but more like you said ethnic minority people because I think most most people who are from uh, descendants of immigrants can sort of relate to uh, the way that they're brought up with anybody else like you have conversations with maybe yeah. your, your Pakistani Muslim friends or even like your black friends or Chinese friends and you realize that most of their parents probably have had similar journeys and we go through similar yeah. journeys to them do you know what I mean and the thing about Sikhi that I think is quite cool in this and obviously the two are very separate as we mentioned before the cultural side sometimes does have a bit of prejudice but the Sikhi side is very heavy on women empowerment which mm. is something that is obviously your champion now as well strength and unity is is yeah. and equality is sort of is heavily in, in, in our religious background more than our, more than our culture um mm. which is so dope do, do you do you tap into that side yeah, yeah, I think I'm trying to be a Roma. I think there's a difference between culture and faith that some of us yes. still really need to learn a lesson. So as as you said, like, perfectly, you just hit the nail on the head. Like, our faith tells us, like, you know, Guru Nanak Dev, she had, like, famous quote, you know, kind of like, you know, from, from her kings are born, as in women, we should respect them, if not even respect them, like, kind of, you know, how much you respect your mothers and sisters. But you see how people have conversations with stuff. They don't respect each other, and it's kind of like, I guess I'm trying to be an example that girls can be equal to boys. I mean, kind of the way I was raised, and I'm very lucky. I know I'm very lucky that, you know, because of my parents' experiences, my mother's experiences, and my dad even, like, there was no difference between um, myself and my brothers. You know, even grandparents or even, like, you know, extended family who might have tried to made it, make a difference, they never, never let that happen. They were always, like, these two are, like, they're the same. Whatever, you know, girls can, boys can achieve anything and I think I often get quite sad for people like when girls are held back um just because they're kind of like saying oh girls don't do these kind of things you kind of I'm being very different stereotypical here so like you know it's get in the kitchen you know help with the making the roti and everything oh, like that no like, <laughs> people do not say that in 2022 do they oh my god <laughs> shock horror that is news to me Kaoji honestly I've never heard that before in my life <laughs> No, I don't know. Well, not me anymore, because I'll just go and be But, um, yeah, so I think it's kind of... <laughs> you crack me up with that one. But, like, I think it is kind of like, you know, religion tells us this, that women should be equal to men. You know, we have, like, um, even religious figures like my Bago and everything, like warriors and, like, Guru Gobind Singh Ji's kind of, you know, bodyguards and everything you know women were as respected as men and I think it's just you know amazing badass like really really cool 
but then culturally we have all these kind of comments like girls don't do these kind of things or isn't that like what boys do and my comment that I just made I guess was kind of a cultural <laughs> thing but even just yeah. like just the comments how's she gonna get married if she spends all day in the gym how's she gonna like <laughs> I don't know everything's ending up in the kitchen but how's she gonna like cook and stuff like that so well very you, you, you need to hit your macros do you know what I mean if anything it's probably <laughs> it's a good sign <laughs> Yeah, as long as he's healthy, then that's fine. <laughs> but yeah, definitely. Um, I think it's religion and culture, and I'm always trying to say, like, our good grandsire G says this. Why are we not following this? Like, this is actually inscribed that girls are equal. But however, I've had so many girls have conversations with my parents when they let me do this. Then you know, my brothers, you know, have full freedom and do all this kind of thing. Because often, sometimes you see at university, the girls that haven't had kind of the freedom to express themselves, they just go a bit crazy when they go to university. And it's just if you give your child, give your child a bit of like freedom, like um, you gotta have trust. You gotta trust your kids that you know you've raised them well, and they're gonna make sensible decisions, and they're not gonna go off the wire. Because I feel like people that restrict their parent, they restrict their kids too much. Their kids just go crazy at university. So it's just, it's just a recipe for disaster. So. I think if you'll just be open, if your child's quite open and honest with you, just saying what their passions are, support them. Okay, education's important. I, I respect that. You know, there are even times my parents, I just want to lift and my parents are like, no, you need to do your studies as well. So I was like, yes, okay, you can do it with the right discipline and mindset, but don't crush your kids' dreams. It's like, you don't want them to blame you or them to regret it for the rest of your life. Because I think we have so many talented people, even sports people, but you never see them make it up the ranks even girls you don't see them do any um sport pass PE at school and I knew some Indian girls that are the top sprinter like they were really good cross country right really good badminton players left school never did it again it's just sad it's just and I just hope that kind of I don't know what the reason for that is but a lot of it's leading to like culture and like parents and support and all that kind of thing so that's exactly it I, I couldn't agree more like the example that you used of of overprotective parents and then the kids go to uni and, and they basically get all this freedom and uh, and, expel- and it's not just uh it's not just obviously girls who who get that some, yeah, some boys obviously as well depending yeah. on the household situation and things like that but completely agree with that and the, i don't know the way that i've sort of formulated it in my head is is like the the religion is what we're supposed to do and the culture is what people have made it and, and yeah. if that makes sense so like you see it in obviously different countries and things and, and you probably will have equivalents all over the place but it's it's basically what yeah exactly what god has sort of laid out for us and then what flawed individuals which we all are we all have one flaw here no, or there exactly yeah. and then and that's sort of what flawed individuals have made the culture uh, and it's put pretty much from the religion but warped, yeah i sense. think it's yeah definitely i think it's easy to kind of confuse the two or make one the other Yes. like suddenly yeah. the culture becomes the religion I'm like no that's not what we were taught like exactly. it's just like um you see even in the godless and everything like that you know we know what we should be doing kind of like how we should be kind of leading like even stuff like you know our founder Guru Nanak they say there's no Hindu no Sikh no Muslim we're all one in the eyes of God yet kind of you still see divide division kind of people just like not respecting each other's kind of points of view i just see it as a way we're all trying to reach god in different manners just let everyone do it in peace like they want to do it one way we do it one way i mean the god has got like four doors for a reason everyone's welcome but um yeah i don't know i feel like everyone just needs like a good uh... <laughs> and even within the religion and within the culture then there's like uh yeah. more division but honestly it's it's a bit too much of a long conversation <laughs> and i don't want to I don't want to say that obviously because we're from this culture it is actually important for yeah. people to highlight flaws from the background they're from but it's not we're not just bashing our own culture because other cultures have the same yeah. people do link arab countries to the muslim faith whereas it's different the quran and what happens in um societies in from middle eastern countries are different things do you know what I mean like yeah. it is it, you'll find it yeah, everywhere the ku klux klan don't represent christians the ISIS don't represent Muslim, like all of that kind yeah. of thing and I'm not saying it to that extent but it's it's yeah. the difference between culture and religion but we're getting very off, top, off topic um, and very deep which is is a good sign of a good conversation uh, but I do want to bring it back to um 
some of the more positive things that you're, you've been trying to do and have been involved in a lot of campaigns. I know you were part of the Malala Foundation. I'm not sure if that is still uh, uh, ongoing or not, and, and uh, your involvement in it, another uh, um, foundation itself is, and then obviously other roles as well in uh, recent campaigns that have came out. So quick shout out to, to what, what all of them are and, and what you hope to achieve with, it, with them. Yeah, I think um, so in terms of like, got quite a few things going on so I'll try and keep it quite high level you know me I like to keep busy yeah sorry for like kind of the podcast you know try to arrange this as well, <laughs> whatever do you mean the first time I contacted you was yesterday and you gave me availability no, <laughs> you can blame me it's fine anyway um so a couple of things so like Malala actually so I was involved in their game changers campaign which was like 25 um girls from around the world that are kind of trailblazing like education and other things as well so with Malala, um, I actually, I'm going to be in her book, actually, in her upcoming anthology coming out in April this oh. year. Um, I have actually written a chapter in her book. I'm a contributing author. So I've written my own personal story and the story of my mom. And I've kind of like tied it in so I can add author now to my CV, like by HarperCollins India. So that's pretty cool. So that's coming out in April. So you see my name then. I'll keep you posted about that. So that's really cool it's all about kind of getting my story out there championing like education and sport and all that kind of being a role model because I kind of do my best to do that so that's one thing that's happening um I'm also involved with Seat Games um Seat Games is an upcoming kind of um initiative trying to get more young people from our background into sport and I'm the only female coach so far on the athletics team I'm the powerlifting coach so I get to coach tell everyone to lift the big weights so yeah it's good it's great to be standing amongst some like incredible people all respective in their field not just gender just the people that I that know their stuff I'm not kind of saying oh I'm just the only girl but like kind of know their stuff so I I'm involved in that as well um so those are pretty really Really Shout cool out thing. to Nav and, Nav and Mandy. Both of them will be on the podcast and um, yeah, yeah, it's sick yeah. what they're doing. Yeah, yeah. Me and Mandy, especially, I consider her like a big sister and everything. So that's really, really cool. Um, I'm actually going to be on BBC One on a program coming out uh, presented by Tiny Temper. <laughs> so it's called Extraordinary Portraits. Um, I think it's coming out, it starts on the 27th of February and I'll let you know when my episode is. But uh, high level, um, an artist was flown in from the US to paint my portrait. Um, so it was kind of like um, based on like my, so he followed me around kind of, um, cause you know, when you get a portrait done, it's normally like royalty and that kind of thing. And they're trying to change the stigma and be like, why can't normal people with amazing stories kind of have their portraits done? So then he kind of followed me with my powerlifting journey. We took him to like Soho Road to like show like the cultural side of things. Cause I know you love culture, <laughs> especially. And then, um, where else did we go? Um, just had like an interview with him. I met Tony Tempest, so that was pretty awesome. So watch out, I'll be on BBC One. Um, so I'll let you know when that's happening, when I find out. Um, but yeah, there was a big reveal and my parents got quite emotional. I can't say too much, um, but yeah, my painting is just like, it's gonna be hung up in a gallery, I think. I don't know which gallery in London. So yeah, so that's coming up. So that's pretty exciting. That's still <laughs> exciting times ahead. And I think I mentioned it before, but the, the two words that I, I sort of, uh, I, I feel like summarize you, and I don't want to make it obviously put you in a box because I know you don't like that, yeah. but it, it would probably be strength and unity because most of them projects do seem about obviously displaying your strength, not obviously just as a, as a power lifter, but like the, the strength of an empowerment of women and then the unity mm -hmm. that obviously like just having each other's back and, and raising each other. And I feel like most of them, Project sort of are synonymous with that, so I think that's uh, that is really really dope. One question that I haven't asked, and I'm kicking myself because uh, I should have asked it right at the beginning. Talking about strength, what are the PB lifts? <laughs> oh, yeah. PB lifts. Um, so, oh, um, so at the moment I'm actually competing at the British Bench Press Championships this Saturday. So I did my last session for that today, but I'm hoping to bench 100 kilos, near 100 kilos, to be honest, on the bench press. And I compete in the under 69 kilo class now. So I weigh about 67 kilos. So that's probably like uh, one and getting to one and a half times body weight, like over yeah. one and a half. Yeah, I should math better than that. <laughs> but, Are you in a comment? <laughs> <laughs> I use Excel, but yeah. So um, I'm going to be doing that in Davis. That's um, 100 kilo, 97 and a half, 100 kilo bench. Fingers crossed, because that would be awesome. I can squat 150 kilos and I can deadlift 170 kilos, but 
um, aiming this year, by the end of this year, to be like deadlifting like 180 kilos, that's three times body weight roughly, and then um, squatting maybe 160. I've said it now, so you're going to hold me to it. <laughs> so yeah, um, I'm all about kind of pushing the kind of barriers of that kind of thing. I think because all the guys, whenever I talk to them, they always say, oh, I could beat you in bench press. Like, days days are going now. I'm going to beat you guys. But all the guys have bench press over me. So it's my turn now to have a cool bench. <laughs> have a cool squat and a cool deadlift. No, yeah. I think, as you said before, I think when you walk up to a gym, a couple of the lads will probably be feeling very insecure when they see the numbers you're lifting. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know like I don't think I'm scary maybe but I don't know maybe when I'm just pulling those deadlift faces maybe <laughs> yeah I don't know it's, I guess kind of like some people are like oh how are you gonna find someone I'm just like well if they're kind of if they're weak that's their problem <laughs> just kind of, just kind of, but like no I'm not there to compete with anyone <laughs> like you agree I'm not there to compete with anyone but like kind of um I'm always just about encouraging uplifting people. If anyone ever comes up to me and needs help, more than happy to help, just as long as it's not in the middle of my set or something, that's cool. But yeah, more than happy to help. Like, I'm all about empowering, because I think in our community, there's too much of competition between each other and everyone's like, oh, you can't have the limelight because it's going to take away from mine, which I think everyone, we're all get, we can all get to the top, whatever our top is. Just got to help each other out. Because I, I didn't get to where I am without people helping me out. And I'm always like, if I can pull someone else up with me, then then I guess oh, that's how I see my server. If I can see someone, if I can help someone out, bring them up with me, inspire them, help them out, then 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 I'll do it. Definitely, I feel I feel like that that is shifting uh, as like the generation, like our generation is coming through now, and especially with the internet era, because things are, are basically unlimited. It's not like. I don't know, go and stereotypical again. It's not like if two Indians are trying to buy the, the house of a corner shop or something, there's only <laughs> one of them available. On the internet, there's unlimited availability. You can have as many followers, people can follow each other, all of these things and have, and have success yeah. in that way. So I feel like people are shifting their mentality as things like this become way more available. Um, speaking of obviously trying to uplift others, what are the best ways to follow you, follow your journey, or, uh, and all these and all these type of social plugs that we obligatory have to do at the end of a podcast. <laughs> um, yeah, so on my Instagram, um, and I've started TikTok recently. So if you want to have a laugh at me with a bill and off or something like some sort of very intriguing videos of me, sometimes lifting, but some bit more jovial. So both of them is like at Karen G underscore Bain. So you should be able to find me hopefully on that any serious inquiries you can kind of email me on my little instagram there's a button as well karen hotmail.co.uk so yeah i think that's it really unless anybody wants my linkedin or something <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm sure there's some um there's some guys that will go out of their way to find every single platform that you want but we'll, we'll we'll just leave the tiktok and the instagram in the link below so if you do want to follow uh karen just just follow them two links um, what I like to do uh, to wrap up the podcast is the same five questions that I ask every guest, sort of in a quick fire uh, fashion. So we'll crack on with them. Um, before another quick question that I've just rem uh, remembered is you went yeah. to the Gymshark HQ recently as well, right? Yeah. How how was how was that? Because that is a place that I want to go to. So what was it like? <laughs> I think I need to sell tickets for this because literally I think you're one of a few that said, "Could you take me to Gymshark?" I'm like, that child. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking, I'm joking. But yeah, so I was kindly invited to um, Gymshark HQ um, because I'm involved with Brawn. Um, they're like a powerlifting app that's starting up trying to make uh, powerlifting pretty much like, you know how Peloton is like, kind of like, you know, everyone got involved with mm -hmm. Peloton cycling. They're trying to be like the Pel Peloton of powerlifting, you know, you can record yourself training into virtual competitions, all that kind of thing. So I'm one of their ambassadors for like, and also one of the faces for like the India region, I guess, because there's not enough Indian girls that live, so, so they've had to, they've used me, so, which is good, it's great, but um, I got invited to like Gymshark to like do some uh, lifting, and I got to lift with the likes of like John Hack, who's like insanely strong, and he's dead lifting like 410 kilos, like more than my whole total right before my eyes, and I'm like, damn, that was a fine girl moment, <laughs> I was like, yeah, very cool, because I'm just like, I find it incredible that people that I used to look up to are like, you know, heroes of mine, you know, 10 times world champions. I'm now like talking to them as a friend and I'm just there like, whoa, like, that's just awesome. That's so, so cool. So I'm always trying to like, you know, sky's the limit. I mean, I've done this, but I'm still kind of pushing for the next thing, right? 
any age as well. I mean, we've been talking about my mom as well. Like it's never too late to start even lifting weights. So yeah, I think it's pretty cool. So if I can get you an invite, I'll let you know to the Gymshark uh, HQ. But yeah, I managed to get quite a few, few, few cool like Gymshark outfits though. Good stuff. They just need to sponsor me now. So <laughs> it'll be a matter of time. It'll be a matter of time. Like you said, we, we need some Asian, rep uh, Asian representation, Gymshark. Come on, come and just see it. She meets the diversity quota to a T. Female Asian powerlifter. We need this to happen. We need this to happen. <laughs> if you do, uh, I'm a size large hoodie. Um, just saying. If maybe the <laughs> joking. Um, yeah. You're taking a commission for that. Uh, isn't yeah, no, honestly, I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. As I say, uh, I wanted to get you on for a very long time since since you did win the Commonwealth Games about a couple of years ago. Um, I've seen that article and luckily wasn't uh, able to speak to yourself and in the Raj, um, which, was, which was super dope for me. Um, yeah, we'll crack on with these uh, quick fire questions, uh, which the first one is, what are you most proud of? Oh, um, I think when I won my first title at the Commonwealth, um, championships, I would say that's one of what I was most proud of, probably. Yeah. What are you most looking forward to? Oh, um, I think I'm quite excited about, you know, competing, see if I can get this 100 kilo bench press this weekend. So I'm really excited. Then I'm always excited about eating something like very hearty afterwards, like some sort of fish, because it's in Dover, so like fish and chips or like a huge ice cream or something, because I have to make weight classes and it's not very fun. So food <laughs> food as well yeah do you currently cut down to make 69 or are you, are you comfortably in the weight no luckily i'm like two kilos under that's part of the reason why i went up because i used to go in the 63s and just eat eggs and salad for six weeks before yeah. it's really just not. rubbish you know especially when everyone's smashing alu parato near me and i was like 100 <laughs> um what is your biggest motivation uh biggest motivation oh I think it's like when people reach out to me and say they see me as like a role model, especially like even today, the little kids reaching out to me. I think on the days that I'm struggling, don't want to get in the gym, that's my motivation, knowing that people are looking up to me and I, I need to show up because I need to show up for them. What, um, what is your definition of success? Oh, I think my definition of success is never giving up. I think just being relentless in whatever your dream is, just no matter what setbacks, rollercoaster you're going on, just never give up and be really stubborn and kind of just like even if you dream really crazy and you think your dream's so big just keep going for it just you know keep walking in that direction because it will happen with the right energy and everything I always believe in the universe is going to bring make it happen towards you if you put your energy towards that way so yeah I think just just be stubborn like me <laughs> just, be stubborn. just be stubborn okay that's that's a good, <laughs> a good fight um and last but not least, because it's the Culture Cast podcast, how do you think your culture has affected you in your journey thus far? I think it's been really positive. I'm really like proud of my identity and heritage, you know, as a Sikh, South Asian female, just showing that we can be strong as well. So I think, yeah, my culture has been awesome, especially when I show up to like awards. I'm always wearing my lingo sari because I like to represent my culture and everything. And I think we may make some of the best food as well. So am I. <laughs> you know especially cheat meal day when you want I'm talking about parate clearly I want some so yeah just so that kind of thing even culturally just like it's just awesome like we have a lot of diversity and bring a lot of color so it's just a great addition to like Great Britain really so yeah well the national dish of uh, Great Britain is the chicken tikka masala so they, there you go <laughs> It generally is, yeah, yeah. Well, really? it is, of, I I think like, it is of, definitely England, maybe Great Britain, uh, but definitely of England. I didn't know that. I, I would have said, like, chips. Yeah, no, no, Google it. It's chicken tikka masala, but um, no, you smashed it. Smashed it. I appreciate that uh, greatly. And uh, as I say, your links will be in the, the description. Um, and I appreciate your time. I know you're a very busy woman, so uh, I appreciate it. And um, I had great fun. Thank you for having me. It was great. No worries, great chat. No worries.